0: When was the last time you used cash or even pulled out your wallet to pay for something? The pandemic has led to a higher adoption of payment apps and has only accelerated the growth in the industry. Cash may be king or queen, but paper money is going the way of the dinosaur fast. According to a new survey by Zelle, today more than 80% of consumers either use or plan to use P2P services, and nearly one out of five or 19% of consumers began or plan to use P2P p p during the pandemic. You're probably familiar with many of the P2P payments currently on the market, including Zelle. It's the one I use often. And while convenient, I think we need to be careful. According to a recent study from Zelle, people have grown more concerned about being targeted by scammers during the pandemic. Our guest is the COO of Zelle, Donna Turner, and she's going to help walk us through the safe ways to use peer-to-peer payments, and we'll also touch on some of the unfortunate scams that have made the news recently, fraud cases that have victimized users, and how to avoid them or seek a resolution. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is an important topic. I think, you know, with anything that becomes a trend and widely adopted, there's there's pros and cons. We need to stay vigilant. Let's begin with just an overview of the rise in using payment apps like Zelle. Um, what have you seen in the last year in terms of usage?
1: Well, I mean, for us, uh, the growth has been spectacular. If you look at it year over year, like if you just take our first quarter results, 392 million transactions, over $100 billion. And that's up 61% on the number of transactions and 74% on the dollars. So I think digital payments are a real thing and I think they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the pandemic really kind of awoke in an underpinning of just feeling safer. And, and our research says 72% of those surveyed Feel safer with digital payments in the wake of the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, common sense. You know, we don't want to be dealing with with paper currency. I, I've uh, read other surveys where people call it icky, you know, for lack of a better word. And I guess you know, so given that everyone is sort of on board, a lot of people more than ever are on board with this. Uh, there is a lot of choice in the market for someone listening who's yet to maybe begin using a payment service or just wants to be more educated about what's out there, how do you decide what is a a smart approach? Because it it is at this point, there's a lot to choose from.
1: There are, there are probably a growing number. You know, when we um, worked with the, the banks to create Zelle, our focus was on, you know, easy, safe, convenient, you know, fast. So I think those are all things that we kind of take for granted in a payment solution. So absolutely should be where you start your search is it really simple to use? Is it convenient, right? For us, 99% of our transactions are come right there in your banking app. So defines convenient. And then, you know, partnering with the the banks to create a lot of digital experiences, digital awareness, digital education to make sure that you're knowledgeable. So it's as safe as possible. Also.
0: Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, the partnerships that Zelle has with banks, and that's something that's quite a differentiator uh, against all these other tools and services. Walk us through the experience of using Zelle for those of us who aren't familiar.
1: Sure. I go into my bank app. For me, I'm a Bank of America customer. So at the bottom, it says transfer slash Zelle. I click on that. So if I'm a first-time user, the first thing I want to establish for myself is, what account do I want to send and receive money? So, say it's just checking account. So, I go into the checking account and then I say, okay, well, how do I want people to identify me? We'll refer to it as your token. So, for me, that's my cell phone number, could be my email. So, I go in and I associate uh, the bank says, you know, enter your phone number or email here. You just type it in and that's it. At that point, Barnush, if you and I want to split the bill for dinner, goes from your bank account right to my bank account. There's no intermediary, no paying for instant transfer fees. It's just bank to bank and it's there.
0: Let's shift gears a little bit to the, the news. Unfortunately, things can go awry. We've been reading about it and there are risks to using any sort of payment service. And in fact, Zell found that consumer concern about scam and fraud has jumped throughout the pandemic. Can you tell us about, you know, what are some of the things to look out for? Yeah, I think
1: there's a couple ways to really think about payments in, in general, and it really comes down to, when you're talking P2P solutions, right? Only pay people you know and trust. Think about it with cash, think about it as cash, think about it as we did with cash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you wanna think about it in two different ways. Unauthorized, I just, I didn't do that transaction, right? Then you immediately contact your bank, you tell them, and they follow all their normal protocols to make sure that that's researched and, and reimbursed if if that's accurate. And then you think about really authorized but unintended. Okay, yeah, I did send that money, but the outcome was not what I intended. I I thought I was going to get a puppy out of that. Yeah. So those are really where your scams fall. You know, so there's for unauthorized. Think about everything your bank has available to you. Right. They know you. Make sure you have a strong password, you know, a unique logon take advantage of all their alerts, take advantage of everything they have. It's there for a reason mm-hmm. and they know you. When you think about, I did it, but it was unintended, you know, education, skepticism, and research. is is really what it comes down to. Um, and I can't emphasize those three things uh, enough.
0: Yeah. You talked about those puppies. We're going to get to that headline in, in a moment, but just to keep with this point this very important point for a little bit longer you know i think you're right about whatever you can do to basically fortify your especially with zelle if you're if you're if it's mostly accessed through your bank's app you know if your bank is offering you if your bank's app is offering you face recognition or an extra layer of security before you can get into the app sign up for it now more than ever especially if like if you lose your phone which or you know I have done that. This happens to the best of us. We do leave our phones in places.
1: Yeah. You know, again, your bank knows you. So sending money through your bank's app, they know your behaviors, right? They know your balances. They know whether or not you've ever sent money to me before, whether you've ever sent money to any token before. So you're really just taking advantage of that relationship you have with your bank. And and that adds to their ability to help keep an eye out for you. Beyond that, what you hit on, right? Do I have a strong password? Am I following those protocols? Am I using facial recognition? When I go into the alerts and settings, am I signing up for alerts around suspicious activity? I set my alerts to send me a transaction alert for any time there's more than a dollar. I'm also a fraud geek and it drives my husband start rating and saying that I do this, but I'm the extremist on alerts. And then there's just good old-fashioned monitoring your transactions. You know, go out there on a regular basis because, again, if it wasn't you, if it was an unauthorized transaction, you just immediately you tell your bank and you're protected.
0: hmm what what does happen if you accidentally send money to the wrong person? I have done this. I've accidentally sent money to the wrong Dan and I never never again will see that $200 again. I tried reaching out to this person and saying, "Oh my gosh, that was a mistake. Please like refund me." But didn't happen. I don't know. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and think he wasn't stealing my money. You know, maybe he just didn't realize it because again, this has become such commonplace. Maybe he thought another Farnoosh was sending him $200 legitimately. Um, But tell us about that. Cause I think that, you know, with the fastness of our lives today and just the ease of using a, a lot of these apps, there can be some human error naturally. Yeah.
1: So I think one of the things the bank are going to do for you, you know, immediately that we learned early on was, hey, that happens. Maybe you've got two Dan's in your contacts. Maybe you miskey a a digit and it happens to belong um, to someone else. So now you when you go to initiate a payment to me, you should get a response back that said, this $200 is going to Donna. Are you sure? So that kind of weeded out everything except those real edge cases where one Dan gets another Dan and they happen to have the, you know, the odds of you having a token that's one number off but the same not name. We really feel like we covered ninety nine point nine 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 percent of that verification. And then there's some things that happen behind the scenes that, again, look for, hey, you've never sent to this Dan before. And those are things I think that we're going to try and really power through and and have all the banks be able to bring to life here in the coming months. You know I think beyond that, though, because Zelle is powered by the banks, you call your bank and you say, hey, I didn't intend it. There, There is protocols where they can reach out to that other bank. OK. And say, hey, Farnouche didn't mean to send that money. Can you retrieve that money?
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: it's dependent on erroneous Dan to cooperate right. in this <laughs> situation.
0: But maybe it he'll take the, the bank more seriously than me. Exactly. Um, Have an
1: advocate in the bank on your side, at least. In that yeah.
0: Sense. I also find it's helpful, even if you know who you're sending the money to and it's, but it's your first time and you just want to be like a thousand percent sure, send something nominal, like $2, right. And just say, Hey, did that go through? And then if it did, uh, obviously, you know, you can, feel much more comfortable about that.
1: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I tell people send a dollar. I do exactly the same thing, you know, send a dollar. Hey, even if you're just like, how does this thing work? It's a great way to just test drive it, send a dollar to a yeah. friend and then, you know, request it back.
0: So uh, really quick, curious, you know, you talked about all these additional users since the pandemic, which makes a lot of sense, but what was the hesitation before perhaps? Like what was the, what was it about the pandemic other than just people not wanting to obviously deal with cash that got those who are maybe on the fence to go, okay, yeah, this, this is fine. I can do this.
1: I think it's where uh, awareness meets demand, you know, and, and you can argue which came first. The pandemic clearly increased demand. Mm -hmm. You know, I needed to, you know, what we saw was people were continuing to pay rent, split rent, but we saw instead of splitting the dinner bill, people were splitting grocery bills. So you had to have a way to do this that didn't no longer involve cash and checks. Mm -hmm. So I think the awareness of alternative solutions met with obviously a surge in demand. And hey, the good news for all of us is that, you know, there were solutions like Zelle out there available to fill that
0: need. I want to turn to some of the major headlines related to the topic of payment services and fraud. There was that famous piece in the New York Times about how some innocent folks were getting scammed, believing they were being awarded grant money from Mackenzie Scott's foundation. Um, You know, she's the billionaire novelist philanthropist, formerly Jeff Bezos's wife. So, long story short, in that piece, scammers were pretending to be Mackenzie Scott or at least people from her team and contacting. Those who were already out there, you know, asking for money for various things, maybe um, raising money for a medical bill or a charity drive, and finding, oh wow, I I qualified for you know some grant money. Which at the time she was out there giving away a lot of money, so it didn't really seem unlikely, perhaps. But then, of course, to get the money, these people were asked to you know log log into a sort of foreign bank and um, create a tax number and pay fees. Which is, I feel like whenever there's a request for money to receive money, (laughs) that's like, to me, the biggest red flag. And, you know, tell us about, you know, what what could have gone better for these folks who uh, unfortunately became victims. There was one woman who... I was out $7900 at the end of it um and it was it's sad because she was trying to raise money for her son's illness and now she's further in the hole and was unable to reclaim it with the help of her bank or her credit card company. So this is obviously l- very elaborate and I think this was probably like for her, a conversation with these fraudsters that like that lasted like long time. And she did some research. She said in the article, you know, I did a little bit of background checking and it seemed really legit to me. There was a legitimate bank name that they use. What more could she have done to avoid this? So,
1: you know, Farnoosh, come back to skepticism, education and mm-hmm. research. I think skepticism here and in a couple of different fronts, and it's just the reality of the world we live in. So I was chosen. Well, why was I chosen? You know, if I go out of channel and I do research, does this kind of fit the profile of where funds were being channeled to? Um, so that kind of gets into the education. It gets into a bit of research, but it's funneled by skepticism. And you you clicked on a really big thing, right? We always say go out of channel, um, educate yourself um, in different ways. Is this kind of the the methodology in this case that they would have followed to pick a recipient to flow the funds there. And then you hit on the big red flag, the skepticism. Why are they asking me to pay money to get money? Why is it a foreign account? Well, you know, things that you should just listen to that inner voice inside of you when something's too good to be true. It really, odds are it is. Yeah. So skepticism, research and education, we can't drive it home enough.
0: Yeah, I feel for this woman because you know, she was really wanting it to be true because mm-hmm. already she and, and they know who to go after, right? If you you have to also understand yourself. Like, are you putting yourself out there as somebody who is in financial need? You know, because then scams like this are gonna come right to your doorstep or more likely to come to your doorstep because these researchers, these scammers, I should say, <laughs> they do their research. <laughs> like they, they know, they know what who works. they're targeting.
1: And they know what works. I mean, if you go back to 20 years ago the Nigerian uncle who email, you never knew you had, who emails right. you and says, oh, but if you'll just pay the taxes, right. right? If you think about it over time, the scam really hasn't changed. How it presents itself in the context of what's going on in our lives, in the world today, they continue to shift their methodology because they know us and they're playing on that mask, you yeah. know, PPE, All those types of things, uh, vaccines in the early days, the list goes on and on. But if you really think back, the scan itself hasn't changed, which should fuel that skepticism. It should say, hey, I know this
0: a personal story recently. So I'm selling some furniture online and on Facebook marketplace. And a woman was interested in one of my dining tables and she wanted to reserve it. And I said, great, can you please sell me like 50 bucks to hold it for you? Because I have a lot of demand and there was another guy that was going to come see it. And then... She went dark, and I felt like I might have scared her off by asking her for a deposit. Well, lo and behold, she came back a couple hours later, and I'd like to think that she was doing some research. Like maybe she looked me up. <laughs> she's like, "Okay, Farnoosh, like she's a financial author. Like she's not really in the business of scamming people. Perhaps saw my history on Facebook Marketplace. Like I'm, I'm pretty good for the, for the, for the deal. But I, I thought about that. I said, you know, it's I can tell where I may have stepped on a boundary <laughs> by after, asking her to, you know, we don't know each other, send me money. You know, it's a little unsure, but I would hope that she did some research. And I, of course, would have given her more information if she'd asked for it, but we're just picking up that table tomorrow night. So after, it all worked after,
1: out. How do we really prove we know each other in a digital
0: Right. World? Yeah. It's so easy to create a fake persona. So really important to, like you said, go off, go off channel, online search, some buzzwords, like maybe there was Mackenzie Scott fraud, you know, something like that already reported. Even if it was like in a chat room somewhere, maybe you could have found it. Okay. So you talked about puppies, those were also very popular in the pandemic. People were uh, very interested in purchasing and adopting pets. So I was reading about this online puppy sale scam, which also involved some P2P services. Um, It was in Money Magazine and it said that the trend was fueled by the pandemic. Many people were stuck at home, craving canine companionship. And then sending money via a payment service to fraudsters posing as breeders. And truly, I mean, I feel like I would have fallen for this. Uh, What should we do to prevent getting scammed in cases like these, where, again, maybe this puppy... Adoption Center created a fake website, looked legit, Mm -hmm. had their own Zelle account, right? So how do you know? I mean, because you have put a down payment. This is protocol for a lot of times getting a a puppy or any sort of pet. So what's the advice? You know, I think
1: I'm going to come back to, right? Skepticism, research and, and education. And I've had a handful of friends over the last year reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I thought I was getting a puppy. And the literally the first thing I'll say to them, Parnoosh, is okay, so you thought there hasn't been insert the breed here available for years, but all of a sudden there was a litter available that didn't have a waiting list that was also a great price, right? Right. Skepticism. So, which then says, Hey, did you do your research? Go off and Google puppy scams, puppy demand availability. Hubbies, you know, near me, the Better Business Bureau. And I think, you know, that website and scams, your odds are you're not the first. Mm-hmm. So just right. a little bit of research and education about the availability of that breed, about the legitimacy of that so-called breeder. And then I'm going to come back to what, you know, we talked about before. So often it's not just a down payment, but all of a sudden it becomes Shipping fees and the and it starts the price tag begins to grow and grow and grow right because you've already made even a virtual connection with this puppy, and so now you're on the hook and and those things should all just like we talked about before different scam, right. same methodology. Why am I having to do this? This doesn't seem right. So healthy skepticism. Do your research. Make sure you're educated. That's the best possible defense.
0: So, Donna, before we go, any insights into the future of this space, right, and how the technology may get stronger? What are the areas that, that companies like Zelle are looking to, increasing, to increase fortification or um, where, where is the education gap, right? What, what are some of the um, things that are on your to-do list in 2021 with regards to security and payment services?
1: You know, I think some of the things we're going to continue to do um, with this real kind of surge in digital awareness, digital payment usage, is continue um, the importance of digital education. You know, we do a lot of work with uh, older adult technology around, um, hey, this is your banking app. This is how you use it. All those things we talked about earlier. Take advantage of everything your bank has available to you. Then I think there's just broadly our Pay It Safe campaign comes back to broad awareness, broad education. Only pay people you know and trust. Listen, digital payments are awesome. Like you said, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I had cash, um, but understand it, know how to use it safely. So it's really an effective tool for you. And then I think because of the power of the collaboration of banks coming together to offer Zelle, continue to do more and more behind the scenes Hey, have I ever seen Farnoosh, even though I'm not sending within the same bank, but beginning to work across banks to say, listen, we've never seen Farnoosh get a payment from that person before. Are we sure? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you'll probably see some changes coming around that, more and more ways to use Zelle, more and more places to use Zelle. But it really comes down to, you know, again, that experience, that confidence you have in it and taking advantage of the fact that it's brought to you by your bank. So they know you and it's going to be easy. It's going to be fast. It's going to be safe.
0: Donna Turner, thanks so much for spending some of your day with us and educating us. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much, Farnish. Really
0: appreciate it. And everyone listening for more information, check out zellpay.com forward slash pay dash it dash safe. We'll have that on our website as well.